Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Arma Grigic, and today with me is uh, Marjolein de Boer. She is the founder for The Human Factor. Uh, welcome, Marjolein. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Uh, could you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and also how you got to start The Human Factor? Yeah, sure. So I'm an organizational psychologist. Um, so with that view, I've done my work for the last 10 plus years in organizations, teams and helping individuals. And what my specialty is, uh, is high performing organizations, teams and individuals. So I'm very interested in how to get organizations and teams and individuals to a high performing level where they're happy, healthy and successful. Yeah. So w what spoke to you about being an organizational psychologist? I was just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I think it was um, uh, really when I was I, when I was in my teens, uh, I really watched my dad in his job and uh, what he did. And he also talked a lot about his job, about um, team performance, um, how to get teams to a, to a better level, how to be a, a great leader and manager. Uh, and actually one of my older brother's ex-girlfriend, she studied organizational psychologist, mm -hmm. psychology. So those two things sort of blended together. And I really noticed that, yeah, I, I really had a dream to, uh, to humanize the workplace. That's still my mission. Um, and it really never changed in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, could you tell a little bit about what you want to do with the human factor? Yeah. So with the human factor, we offer uh, an approach. It's called the power plan uh, to help uh, organizations, teams and individuals to to develop their high performance levels. So what, what I really hear about a lot of problems within teams is um, it could be trust levels. It could be uh, that commu communication isn't going well. Uh, but it, what I also hear a lot is, well, you know, I have uh, a, a great team. I think I have great people, but I think I can get way more out of it. And I don't know how to do that. So um, what I've really focused on with the power plan is how you can utilize the already existing potential within teams, uh, build trust that way, build better communication skills that way and build autonomy that way. Uh, and I basically do that by matching uh, the potential within the team. So the deeper talents, I call that deep talent mining, with mm. the activities that a team has to do and yeah. ba basically what you get then what, what i see now happening in a lot of organizations and teams is that if you look at a pie a cake you maybe have the cake you have the jam you have whipping cream you have chocolate on your cake you have fruit on your cake and what i see happening within a lot of teams is that everyone has to eat the the same piece of cake to do the work but maybe someone isn't as good uh, at chocolate as someone else, and they just don't want to do it. They don't want to uh, develop those chocolate skills. Mm. So um, what I see happening within a lot of organizations and teams is that they focus on the chocolate, what's not going so well, and what needs to be developed. And they sort of forget that they have a whipping cream expert in a team, um, which sort of you know, that person is good at it, but could be way better at it if you develop that even better. So mm. I mix and match the activities with the talents within the team so that maybe someone else gets way more chocolate, uh, but really loves to do that and is really good at it. Why not? 
Yeah. yeah, something I've noticed myself uh, when I became a team lead is um, I wanted to get people to get better as a person as a, in a sense of uh, their kind of uh, personal skills like communication and stuff like that. And then I've kind of noticed like um, not everybody is for that, right? Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to be on stage and speak about what they're doing. Uh, that's something that I've, uh, I've really noticed. Uh, I, I tried to... It's a little bit weird, but you kind of try to model people after yourself. Like you, you try to model them to 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 be uh, more of a communicator or whatever. And maybe that's not even the the right path to go, right? Um, yeah. So how do you uh, how do you kind of determine which pe- what what uh, people are re- really good at? What what's their kind of quality, their unique kind of thing? How do you how do you help organizations with that? Yeah, so I use uh, an approach, it's called deep talent mining. Mm -hmm. And with deep talent mining, uh, I really find uh, in a few sessions, we really find the deeper unique talents uh, of someone. So for example, uh, result driven, if you ask a team who's result driven, half of the team will say, yeah, I'm result driven. Yeah, sure. But it's very interesting to look at which part of result driven uh, matches with that person. So Mm -hmm. for one person, it might be being very competitive. So that person will be very result driven if there's a competition going on, then Mm -hmm. he's awake and he's on on fire and he wants to do it. But for another person, um, uh, being result driven means it needs to be very logical. And it needs to be very pure. So finding out what makes people tick really um, uh, is the essence of the approach. So I do that um, with different questionnaires that I made myself. And I use some tests that are already available to dig deeper than just sort of the conceptual base. Mm. And do you use kind of personality tests as well? Because a lot of uh, people use those kind of things to match kind of personalities within a team. Uh, do yeah. you use those as well? Yeah, I do use Lumina. Um, mm. And I spe- specifically choose to use Lumina because um, Lumina doesn't, um, uh, it doesn't need you to make a choice. So mm. where you have questions about either result-driven or people-oriented, you can say yes to both. You can be yeah. both. And most uh, personality tests will say, no, you're either the one or the other. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And then then usually in a group, I, I got people that said, yeah, but listen, at home, I'm just different than at work. So I don't know what to choose. So Lumina really gives a, a broader perspective of people. And honestly, if you are both result-oriented and people-oriented, you have a great talent of combining those two. So mm. it's actually a, a great input to have. So that's why I choose Lumina. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done a disk test myself uh, a real while back, but what I noticed there was, okay, um, I, I came in in the kind of uh, in the eye, so in the influential part, uh, and what was, what was interesting to me is, uh, yes, a lot of things in there were kind of correct to how I am as a person but I also f- noticed like okay but I do have some of the other things as well it's not like it's just that that influential part that I'm good at and nothing else right yeah. uh, and that's that's something that a lot of people uh, it's hard to quantify a, a person in one kind of area right and saying like yeah. okay this is the type of person some guy or girl is right uh, that's that's almost not uh, not 
not feasible at all. Exactly. And that's with Lumina actually the same. So Lumina is also a personality test that's sort of more on the level of the things that you see people do. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, you see if someone's um, very extroverted or introverted, you, you can see that by how they interact or, or, or what they do physically. Um, but of course, there's so much more to people than that. So that's why I mm. also focus on passions and values of people yeah. to get much, much deeper to the essence and what, what makes you drive, what makes you tick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned in a call we did before uh, that you also sometimes come in to kind of uh, not maybe it's it's a uh, it's the wrong word to use, but kind of deploy a company culture in in a particular division or something like that. C yeah. Could you tell a little bit about that? Because I was kind of triggered by that because I feel like that's hard to do if you don't have the right kind of people in there. So uh, yeah. how, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, so um, uh, I've, I've absolutely done that a couple of times. And what's essential is to um, uh, both work bottom up and top down, basically. So mm. with top down, I mean that uh, whatever you do on a cultural basis, it's extremely important that it's not uh, something that you do aside of your strategy. So it needs to be a part of your strategy of the organization that you're working for, because otherwise it's not going to work. You're going to have, um, uh, it's, it's going to be something like, oh yeah, we have to do something about our culture as well. So you really need to integrate uh, all of it and you need to make it uh, measurable. It's very, mm -hmm. it's very, and, and you can. A lot of people think, oh, culture, it's soft. And yeah, it's a soft skill. So, you know, uh, we, yeah, it's important, but our results are way more important. But what you see is when you work on your culture, you work on your people, you make your people happy and passionate about their work because you, you use their talents, their deeper talents and their uniqueness, uh, you mm -hmm. will see that your results go up. You will see yeah. that your customers are happier. So if you connect all of those together, um, uh, that's very important and you have to involve people. So um, uh, what, what I did with one of the uh, programs that I ran is I asked all the people to um, uh, fill, fill out a couple of words, how to uh, describe the culture now and what culture mm -hmm. they wanted to to give focus to okay what kind of programs do we need to get there what do we need to do first and second and third and really yeah. involve them because otherwise it's going to be your own show and that's definitely the last thing you want to do yeah yeah I, I, that's something that um I, I did like a first level management course uh, a while <laughs> back uh when i started out as a team lead and uh, one of the things that um that actually the the course kind of a trainer was uh, was alluding to was like if you want to get like people to get on the same page you want to get them in a room and say like okay what are some of the values we have as a team like what are some of the values that we want to have like people will start shouting stuff like uh, being honest and stuff like that and then you're like okay uh, you write them down and you're like okay if we this is the values that we have as a team uh, let's stick to it and let's commit to them right and, and then you can also kind of not hold people accountable because i f feel that's something that's uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit heavy to call it that way right but it, it's more like okay uh, you can correct yourself in the team right if someone does something you can say like okay this is not what we 
we signed up for we signed up for being like this right uh, so that's interesting to to see like that that kind of same same thing in the in, in the way you do it um, yeah for sure and and then it's really really important to if you have the values to make them very concrete what does mm. that mean if yeah. we're going to be honest what does that mean exactly, exactly. Yeah. and yeah. if you have that and you make those guide, guidelines together then it's going to feel like like you know they're their own and then it's yeah. going to work that's the that's the thing it, it, people should feel like it is their own kind of thing like this yeah. is how we want to be um but what i what i when you were talking about kind of measuring and stuff like that i was wondering how you kind of measure that because i uh, for, for me it also when someone speaks about company culture yeah that that is kind of a soft thing but how do you how do you measure that how do you lay that out for someone to know if if their culture is actually the one that they want to have yeah so um basically what what you do is you have some um uh, more people oriented measurements that you can for sure use so mm -hmm. what i've seen uh when when teams uh utilize their potential way better and they work way better together and their trust goes up and their happiness goes up you see um, um burnout rates go down um uh you know uh, uh, j just a sickness uh, percentage goes down Mm -hmm. And what you also see, what you can measure is engagement within a team. So you have uh, uh, surveys that measure that, which is very interesting and very important. So you can see that levels go up there, how people feel engaged to their work, which is very important. Mm -hmm. And then um, you can't really, you don't really measure that every month. You can't see it, but if you measure it a little bit more long-term and the programs that I've run usually took about, you know, two to four years basically to, mm. to get the steps going on, then you can see that your uh, performance goes up. So mm. um, uh, if you have uh, more of a commercial focus, uh, uh, what I, I also helped some commercial teams um, at the company that I worked before, and we really saw sales go up. It, mm. it, just the sales, uh, the, the revenues on sales just went up with 50% after, at least after, you know the whole um, uh, culture program that we run there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people feel like they. Um, uh, we kind of sometimes forget about the employees, right? <laughs> We're yeah. all focused on like the customer, and the customer needs to be happy, yeah. and uh, we need to make the customer happy. But then uh, we forget that the employee is an integral part in doing that, right? And uh, yeah. what what I've uh, what I was wondering about is. Um, do you, uh, how, how important of a role does hiring, uh, have in this whole process? Because I can imagine like, if you have a, a tight company culture where you're like, okay, this is like the people that we have in there. And this, these are kind of the qualities that they have. Uh, how important is hiring in that? Because say, for instance, you hire the wrong person, wrong within parentheses, of course, but they won't fit your company culture. Um, is is that still okay if you uh, like change that afterwards or something like that? How how important is the the first initial step of hiring someone? It's it's crucial. I think it's mm. very very crucial, and I think a lot of companies really forget uh, forget that because they're more looking at um, uh, what degree someone has, what kind of uh, schooling someone has, what kind of experience someone has. Which of course, I mean you need those as well you need the credentials for sure to do the job but um looking really at the fit 
for a team, for a company culture is, is crucial. I think, you know, if, if you, um, if, if you're a remote company, you only work remote and you're hiring someone that really doesn't feel comfortable with that at all, you're mm. going to have a problem with it. It's yeah. just not going to work. And if you're a company that really, really is focused on doing a lot of things together, working together, uh, sparring together, and you have someone that's very, very, very individualistic and isn't really used to doing that, doesn't want to do that, it's going to be a problem. So you have to do that from the start. And also your onboarding is extremely important to make it mm. very clear uh, what the values mean, what the company culture really means, um, uh, and really, really make sure that people blend in uh, to it without it being sort of a costume and a, a too tight of a format because that doesn't work with anyone, right? I mean, no, no, of course. Work, but but uh, you do need to have a very, very solid onboarding, I think, as well. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I've done some remote hiring myself, uh, and um, what I've, what I, I, I actually always look for. Uh, I mean, as you said, credentials are important, but on the other hand, uh, I do look more to like the experience of someone, right? Yeah. If you uh, look at like, okay, uh, this person has 10 years of experience, but has no official degree. Well, what does that mean, right? Does yeah. that mean that that person, I mean, some people are just not made for school. I've, exactly. I, I kind of have that, uh, I've had that feeling myself because I, I didn't finish a higher degree or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm fine, right? I'm yeah. just doing my my job and uh, and and contributing the way I want to. But uh, what I look at is like, okay, how how does this person uh, conduct themselves, right? Uh, how how much of a passion do they have? For example, if you're hiring for develop for development, uh, how much do they love to develop, right? Uh, yeah. How communicative are they? Because in in the first conversation, you already see if someone is communicative or not. They may be a little bit nervous or something like that, but you can still, when you like ask them about a project that they did, you can see if they have a, pro a passion for that. Like, yeah, if they exactly. if they if they say like, okay, uh, one one of the questions I always ask is, why do you even why do you why do you even start doing something in IT, right? What why yeah. what draw what drew you to doing something in IT? And you'll you'll basically get either one or two uh, answers to that. One answer is. Oh yeah, I've done it from when I was a kid, and uh, I, I always loved like tinkering with the computers and uh, like basically so, some level of that. Or you'll get yeah, there's a lot of work in that. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of yeah. I, can, I, I, I can find the job really easily. Yeah, that's not the the. Uh, of course, that's a really bad example, but uh, you, yeah. you you get the drift. Um, you you. If you have someone that has a passion, has an ambition, uh, yeah. wants to get better at what they do, and they maybe don't have the ambition to go into management or something like that, because that's also a, a thing that I've seen gone wrong a lot, where people are like, okay, uh, he's a great developer, he, he or she is a great developer, uh, let's p they have this amazing quality to develop, uh, let's put them in a management position, which <laughs> more often than not goes wrong because yeah. Uh, it, yeah. you're you're not developing anymore. You're working with people, and that's something that uh, that I've noticed goes on a lot. How do you how do you see that? So how do you do you see that a lot where people are uh, kind of managed up and then uh, yeah. they they kind of lose themselves? 
Yeah, I think um, uh, the best girl or boy in a team usually gets a chance to become a manager. Mm-hmm. That's what you usually see. And, you know, being a manager uh, usually um, entails a lot of different skills than what you were used to when you were just working uh, on, on your day-to-day job. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem really is when, when it comes down to it is that most organizations just pay you more when you become a manager. So when you're a specialist, you sort of hit a, a certain ceiling. And then if you do want to earn a little bit more money, you have to take a step towards management and yeah. still a manager is sort of portrayed as, oh, wow, now I'm a manager and wow, now, now I really mean something, you know, yeah, they asked yeah, me yeah. to be a manager. And um, so I see that a lot and I, I really think it, it's it's going to change gradually because you see the world changing and now in a faster pace due to Corona, actually, it's mm-hmm. going to go faster in my opinion. Uh, and you see that the, the, the hierarchical leader, what we really need is a servant leader. So it's changing from hierarchy to uh, really more coaching, more uh, conceptualizing the strategy, more mm-hmm. knowing where to go to and uh, utilizing the potential within your team, uh, having autonomous teams because, now working from home if you're a control freak it's <laughs> as it's a manager it's, it's not gonna work it's gonna yeah. be so and and i know for sure teams don't want to go back uh 100 yeah. uh, after this corona crisis so it's gonna change and um having said that i also think because we've we've talked about uh, teams with with employees in it i also uh, work a lot with management teams and board teams. Mm. And also there, it's extremely crucial to utilize the potential that's already there. For mm. managers, it's the same. We sort of think that they can do 10 things uh, uh, the all in once and they're, uh, th- they're gonna be uh, really good at it. It's not possible. Yeah. So why not also d- use the, the potential that's there within a management team, but also within the team itself? Yeah, yeah. So how do you, because I can imagine that sometimes uh, companies will ask you like, okay, we need to, I don't know if they do, but uh, do they, do they also sometimes ask you like, okay, we, we need a new manager or we need a new leader or something like that. Uh, who in this particular team should, could be a fit for that? Uh, do, do they ask that as well? Yeah, yes, yes. I've had questions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And it's very interesting because uh, uh, also here, it's interesting to look at the leadership profile, the mm-hmm. the phase where the team is in, for sure. So if the team is in a lot of turmoil, you really need someone that's very empathetic and good at connecting and good at coaching. You really do mm-hmm. because you, you need to build safety for a team that has a lot of stress and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. uh, distrust. If a team is way more autonomous already, you 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 can look at a different profile. So, um, I'm also actually very a very strong advocate of being way more flexible in your management team as well to look at the deeper talents of managers and sort of switch them uh, between teams within different phases. Because yeah. w- one person is more of a builder and the other person is more of a, you know, I, I just want to stay in, in a team that's already working and, and make it every day a little bit better. Everyone's a yeah, little bit different. Exactly. 
Yeah, everybody has their own qualities in that. And uh, where uh, what I see a lot is, um, oh, I had the situation myself where I had to uh, pick up a team that uh, was micromanaged before and uh, kind of lo- they kind of lost their 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 passion in a sense. Uh, and the first thing I I probably did, and I think that's a good thing for a lot of people that start out in this kind of thing. Um, the first thing when I when I started to get to be a team lead, I was like, okay, first I want to have like a simple course, just a simple course with just some small kind of things where that I wouldn't see otherwise uh, when because th- this is a real big change, right? You're really doing something else than what you were doing before. Yeah. Uh, so that that was step one, and the step two uh, when I kind of gathered the team, I was like, okay. You all are here with a kind of role, right? You have a role. You have you're a developer, you're a designer, you're whatever, right? Um, so what I'm not going to do is tell you how to do your work. I'm just going to tell you what kind of what kind of direction we want to go in, right? That's the only thing I want to want you to know. And other than that, you, you get my complete trust to do to solve like issues your way, right? Uh, that's that's easy to do when you're not a developer, and then you need to uh, have a team of developers uh, because then you you can basically just put in the trust to the to the people and not look into the code that much and stuff like that, right? Uh, yeah. So, the, but the, the 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 key here is trust, of course. And as you mentioned with the remote team, uh, I check in maybe once or twice a day uh, at max w- with my team that's remote. Uh, I, I don't. I don't badger them the whole day. Like, yeah. okay, what, what, what are we doing? What, where are we? And stuff like. That. I, I'll ask a question now and again, uh, and we do have a kind of daily stand-up meeting where uh, people just tell what they are going to do. Uh, but that's more of a. Uh, it's more of a course correction, right? If you're seeing like, okay, we need to speed this up, or we need to, uh, or we need to maybe leave out some things to be able to ship. Uh, yeah. So those are those are kind of the those are kind of the things that um, I think starting leaders can can really uh, can really see. Like, okay, if you when you start out, it, it's good to lay down the ground rules, like to tell what kind of leader you are, because then people know what to expect from you. Then yeah. they they will know not to expect from you to tell them to do their job or how to do their job. That's yeah. not what what I'm for. I'm I'm there for removing the obstacles, uh, saying like, okay, th- these are, uh, maybe someone wants to get something done really quickly, uh, but uh, we already are doing stuff that has a little bit more of an importance in that in that particular manner. So yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 I, I think that the, you're right in the sense where um, that, that's, that for sure it's going to change uh, over time, uh, the kind of leadership that we had before and the leadership we're getting now where, uh, you're you're getting more and more uh, responsibility, and uh, I feel like your hiring process should be made for that as well. Where you're like, okay, this if you want to have an autonomous team, for example, you need yeah. to have people that can work autonomously. I mean, uh, it's not a it's not rocket science in that sense, but yeah. th- there's still people. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the thing. exactly. And and you and you really need to find leaders that that embrace that. Uh, perspective mm. first of all and uh and want to either develop in it to be able to to get to the point or yeah, already course. can do it 
Um, and, and, and you'll see, like, uh, I think we're in the next couple of years, we're going to see shifts that, um, there's not one manager on one team, but maybe there's one manager on, on several teams, uh, yeah. more of a coach, more, as you already said, uh, a, a facilitator, what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. and, and how are you doing and how can we, uh, use your potential even better? What can we yeah. do? What do you need to to um, step up again, to be challenged again, to, yeah. It's radically different. And I think that um, the way we... Um the way we are like schooling people to get to that point uh, is also a big thing here because um, uh, there there was a, someone I don't know who it was but uh, that, that mentioned like okay we've always had like school for factory workers right the, the, we always were kind of uh, facilitating that and then your leadership is also pretty directive in a sense like okay if you don't do this people are going to get hurt maybe or something like that right and now we're doing kind of all kinds of knowledge based work uh, that that requires different leadership i think yeah yeah uh, for sure appeal. yeah uh, so w w in terms of leadership uh, we talked about uh, on the call as well um do you feel like leadership is something that can be learned or do you feel mm -hmm. like uh, that's something that's uh, that people are just inherently good at uh, and you will get up until a point but uh, the the real like natural leader in parentheses uh, you're not going to you're not going to be how, how do you feel about that yeah so um in terms of leadership first of all uh, also being a manager is 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 a job like any other job so uh, I, I, for instance, could not be a developer. I think, I don't think yeah. I have the talent base to become a developer. So there will also be people that just will not be a very good leader. Like th they have other talents, other skill sets, but not the, the management skill sets. And what I notice is that we sort of think everyone should be a, a leader or a manager or be able to, yeah, but yeah. it's, so I, I, I definitely think there's a leadership profile and for one person, it's more of, um, getting into it. I also think it's a learning job just like any other job. So you start off by doing it and you, and if you look back maybe two years, um, in the past, you'll, you'll think, Oh, why did I do that with my team? You, you make know? a lot of mistakes <laughs> in the first few years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it is a difficult role because everyone is looking at you to make, you know, to, to give guidance, to, to lead them to, you know, on a certain path. And it, it is a difficult job. So just like with any other job, you're going to live and learn. Um, but I, I don't think it's for everyone for sure. And you do see yeah. that some, uh, some um, managers and also board members just are from their core, uh, what I've seen in the last 10 plus years just are so good at giving trust and mm. empowering people and um, uh, giving people space. And it's something if, if, and they just feel so comfortable with doing that. It's just their profile really. And it's, yeah. it's really, really easy when you have that. And when mm. you don't, it's, it really does become more difficult. And it is something yeah. that you, I think you can learn if you look at yourself, why, um uh you cannot give trust that easily what's what what kind of convictions do you have that you 
can't give that. So you can work on yourself um, and and see if you can make some progress in it. But I do see yeah. that some people are just, well, they're just <laughs> these very comfortable leaders. They just are. Yeah. 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 They, they kind of, uh, it, it feels like it comes naturally, right? It yeah. feels like, uh, but uh, what, what is interesting to me, because um, I, I kind of always look at myself because I, I kind of see the path that I went through, but uh, when I when I look at it, if you said to me like ten years ago you're going to be leading a team, I was like, no way, right? <laughs> no way. I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about that. I didn't want to do that. I was like, I just want to be uh, in the technology field. I want to be. Uh, I was a system engineer at the time, and I was like, I just want to work with servers. I don't want to deal with people. Deal with the the team. But uh, what I what I would strongly suggest to people starting out as well is like go through a few employers right go through a few employers and see like the difference in in managers right some managers are as you said uh, are inherently good at giving people trust some others are more on the detail level uh, and you also find out that if you if you want to be a leader you also kind of see what kind of style you want to have where you, where you look at like okay i want to be more of a I want to be more of a, a directive leader, which I I feel like is not the best thing in the world right now in this kind of, in, in this day and age. But uh, but you 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 can balance that, right? You can balance it uh, so that it doesn't become micromanagement. You you could still exactly yeah. You could still and, do and, it. And and really yeah. honestly, if if you look at uh, what what we're going through right now, right, the, the start mm. of the Corona crisis. Uh, and how people react to that, and what that does to people, you know, being insecure yeah. and not not being able to do what you're used to doing. Uh, sometimes it really works in those kind of phases to be very directive, to mm. really be very steady and um, really uh, keep course. So yeah. um, also those talents for different phases can be very useful. But yeah. I totally agree with you on a general level. I would say that's going to disappear more and more and more as we evolve. Um, yeah. And that's going quickly right now. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's something that you, the, as you said, that's interesting. Uh, you you also see uh, within the corona crisis, you had like uh, the army coming in, for example, in the Netherlands to, to do all kinds of stuff like uh, manage like transport of people and stuff like that. And there you see like that that's pretty directive right it's pretty directive in a sense like okay you just need to do this there's no discussion uh, take the people and uh, run with it right yeah uh, and and that's i think in crisis situations you can have that more right and and people are i think a little bit more open to kind of that kind of leadership because that, that gives them trust like it's going to be okay right it's going yeah, to be yeah just just look at our, our our Dutch population right now. We're really looking mm. at our government right now to, to basically tell us what we can and cannot do. And yeah. you sort of see a shift from, you'll see a shift from privatization to more collectivism and mm. it's going to change. So yeah, in a crisis situation, people just get more insecure. A lot of people get more insecure, especially when it, you know, when it hits you in your wallet or it hits you in your freedom sure. or it's you in your health i mean not yeah. not to forget about that one um so yeah for sure then you really need a strong leader and not someone that's gonna discuss with everyone 
what we're going to do because you just don't have the time for that. Um, no, no. And uh, you, uh, what you also saw, and that, that's from a leadership perspective, it's interesting. You see, uh, um, as you said, people are waiting for, okay, what are we going to do and stuff like that. But you also see like if the decisions are not made at, at specific points if the decisions are not made fast enough people get really anxious they like uh, start calling for all kinds of things where you're like okay that's not the situation you want to be in at, at that particular point in time right uh, yeah. but i can imagine that it's really hard to to lead through this kind of a crisis where, where you don't have all the the information you don't have all the and i think that that leadership is like that in most ways uh, I, when I'm doing a project, I'm, I don't know everything we're going to do, right? I don't know what the f what the finished product will look like. I, knew, I know a little bit, but I don't know yeah. everything, right? Uh, and uh, keeping course through that and keeping people uh, trusted in kind of the way you're doing it and the things you're doing, uh, that's sometimes hard, even for myself. I, I doubt myself as well in some cases where I'm like, okay, is this even going to be there, right? Is this even going to get to... Yeah. to this particular stage but you still need to push through uh, it's it's that own unknown is always there yeah and and i think you know it's it's great that you're mentioning this right now being a, a leader yourself but yeah. i also think uh mentioning this to your team is is really uh crucial and you yeah. don't have to you know, because when I talk to managers uh, and board members and, and in saying this, they're like, yeah, but they, they can't see my insecurities because I have to be strong. I have to be a strong leader. Yeah. But just by saying like, you know what, guys, I'm sort of a little bit insecure right now because we're doing a lot of stuff and we really need to figure out where we're going to end with this product. Mm. And But I'm still, you know, I'm sure we're going to make it, but I just want you to know that I feel what you're feeling right now and we're going to, you know, do it as a team. Um, it's going to make all the difference because, you know, people will, um, uh, th they will recognize that within, within themselves when you say that. And that will yeah. build way more trust, way more collaboration. Uh, and you get a really great end re result doing that. But yeah, people are really good at picking up if you're insecure. I mean, uh, yeah. if you don't if you don't mention it, if you do, do like everything's all all fine, and uh, people pick that up. For yeah, I don't know how they actually do that, but you see, you you feel that in a person, like you feel like they're insecure. Maybe the, the way they're they're non-verbally uh, speaking to 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 you or whatever. But you see that there is something like you you see that they're not comfortable, or you 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 see that they are. Uh, like uh, tilting away from you or they're, they're not speaking to you yeah. like directly or there's all yeah. kinds of small things that people pick up so if you yeah. if you just say like okay guys i don't i don't know <laughs> sometimes i also don't have all the all the answers to all the questions yeah. right uh, but we and, can and get through it exactly and you don't have to i speak to hmm. so many managers that think that they need to have all the solutions but yeah. you don't have to. You have a team of wonderful people with a huge amount of talent that you can use to figure it all out. You don't have to know mm. it all. And yeah. that's, um, yeah. That's the, 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 the strongest thing I sometimes say is like, uh, that's for you to do, to, to kind of get a solution for, right? It's, yeah. I, I can help you with that. But uh, in the end, I feel like it would be beneficial for you to to get the solution, to get to the solution. I can help you with like sparring and stuff like that. 
no problem but uh, you need to decide i want you to decide the 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 way uh, for example if there is a senior developer or something like that i want you to decide the architecture how it's going to be i, I don't, I don't want to think about that i want you to build the the product you think we need we should build and that's a big and tall order for a lot of people but if you want to be a senior developer and be the best in your field you need to be able to do these kind of things right yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe you don't want to be the manager but you want to be technically good so exactly. think about that how are you going yeah. to do that and and so, who in, in the team can help you with it yeah, if you're struggling that, right it. so yeah. who has certain talents skills that you can collaborate with to to get to to an end solution yeah exactly so uh, sometimes someone will be good at a particular thing as you said uh, and you can just go through that person and you will get the answer maybe in in a few minutes instead of talking to me for an hour right <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. the yeah. so uh, i have two more questions before we wrap up uh, yeah so uh, we talked a little bit about how uh, leadership will change in the future but um i do want to get back to that a little bit so how do you see uh, leadership changing uh, in the like next few years. We've, as you, as I said, we talked about it a little bit, but how do you feel uh, that will really change? Yeah. So, so like like I said, probably uh, uh, one leader for several teams for sure. Mm -hmm. I think teams will will uh, be more autonomous as we uh, go through the stages of humanizing the workplace way more. And, and you see that a lot of companies really want to do it. They just don't always know how to do it. So that's sort of the difference, but they want for to sure. do it. Um, uh, and and I, re I really, really see a, a change in, um, a, well, just a servant uh, part of it. So really be a coaching leader, um, uh, a leader that sets the goals for the team. Uh, I think that will be very important because I also think that um, uh, as you could see in the Corona crisis, we were able to do a lot of things in a very short time, like uh, homeschooling. Absolutely which was always yeah. sort of a, a debate, right? Do you homeschool or not? And do you need credentials to do that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now we're all basically doing it. And um, uh, on, on a higher level, we're doing fine, right? Not everyone's doing fine. Of course, there are families with parents that do not speak Dutch. So it, it's, it's gonna be it's a hard, lot harder yeah. to homeschool, but on a, a broader range, we're doing fine. So. Uh, I think also with with our um, uh, whole online optimization, robotization, all all the, all the innovational uh, uh, skills are gonna go in a much faster pace, which means that our roles are going to change faster than we thought they would. As so, uh, certain roles will uh, disappear, and yeah, other yeah. roles will, uh, will will replace them. And the other roles that will replace them are roles that um, don't need the hierarchical uh, micromanagement guidance anymore. These are very mm. different roles, very different skill sets. So I, I think in, in the next three to five years, we will we'll definitely, if we look back, we'll be like, wow. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, maybe we'll even say like, wow, you know, when we would, would um, take our car to an office, every day and we would be <laughs> in <God>. traffic wow <laughs> yeah. that was crazy and i think it'll be the same for leadership that that will change i think uh the gap in salaries will change there's a lot of discussion going on right now 
Um, if you look at this, whatever you think about it, but if you look at booking.com, KLM, uh, all, all these, these kind of things that are in the news and people are really, really fed up about it. Uh, yeah. So I think that the salary gap will will become smaller as well, which will will make it uh, a more fluid kind of role instead of you're the manager. Exactly, exactly. I think uh, that's that's uh, that's spot on. I mean, um, the the this crisis has accelerated a lot of things, like and maybe maybe things that were uh, going to happen eventually in like five years or something like that, like remote work, like uh, yeah. working from home and stuff like that. Uh, we were already doing that, but there's a lot of a lot of companies that that were like yeah. really anxious of doing that, and now they've seen like okay. This is actually pretty okay, right? It's not. It 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 doesn't really matter that someone is not there. I think it will also change the way we look at offices. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of a lot of companies will not have an office anymore, or will have yeah. an office, but just for meeting, right? Just exactly. for meeting up uh, and maybe collaborating in specific kind of ways that they want to have collaboration. Uh, the way we conduct sales is already changing. Uh, I've had some people uh, come up to me like. Hey, this doing sales through a video call actually pretty works. It doesn't. Yeah. You don't always need to go to a person to to get yeah. a deal done. Uh, those are those are kind of things I feel like are very good because, um, as you said, no more traffic or at least a lot less traffic than than there is in in the Netherlands. It, that's a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. and for teams now, it's extremely important to look at these pluses. What yeah. can we already learn from this crisis that we really want to stick to? That we're like, yeah. okay, this really works for us. Like, like you said, sales, ex you know, perfect. Just keep on doing maybe your 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 first sales meetings online and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, Just yeah, to give yeah. people a little bit of a perspective. You, of course, already work remote. So for, yeah. for you, nothing really changed in the, in the last couple of no, months no, in, no, no, in no. that perspective. But for a lot of companies and teams, a lot changed. And people are, uh, the teams that I coach right now uh, online, uh, people do get anxious of when are we able to get back to the office to see each other again. I don't have to see everyone every day, but I do want want to be together again. Just mm. just see each other again physically. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah, that's what I noticed as well. Exactly the so, same thing. Yeah. yeah. So now it's very, very, very important to also focus on the positives. What did we learn? What do we want to maintain for the future? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for for to wrap up, I have one more yeah. question. Next question: uh, What are you most proud of since you started uh, the Human Factor? Yeah, it's a very excellent question, actually. Yeah, that's the, um, the hardest question for everybody <laughs> to answer for some reason. I know. I I think for me, really giving my mission a voice. I, I think that's that's um, not not how many sales I did or how many customers I have or or, but just giving my mission a voice. Uh, I've already I already always loved helping people and I still do that. So that that gives me a lot of energy to help teams and individuals to to move forward to 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 give them more strength. But uh, yeah, since since I started Human Factor, I was able to. Um, yeah, really uh, uh, give a lot of talks for GoTo, for women in tech, um, um, for, for all these different kind of groups of people. And, and now I'm talking to you. And uh, yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's really my mission to humanize the workplace and um, uh, to give that a voice is just amazing. Yeah. 
Very cool, very cool. I think that's the the correct way to to wrap it up. Um, where can the, where can people find the human factor on the internet? Yeah, so it's um, the humanfactor.io. Okay, you can go to yeah. that uh, to to the website. I'll link it uh, in the in the show notes as well, uh, so people yeah, can cool. visit it. Um, thanks a lot, Marilyn. It was uh, yeah, great talking to you. you. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, for the listeners, you can find the Bits First Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com. Uh, you can find us all on all uh, major podcasting platforms, and of course, uh, you can also sign up to the newsletter. There's a newsletter about business technology and leadership uh, you can find that on bitsvsbytes.com slash newsletter and I would like to thank you for listening and until next time